I hope I can make it through to Grousey Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your new neophyte, Frank, and hallelujah. It's raining men, baby. So, <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be taking a look at Season 3, Episode 19, It's Raining Men. Uh, but to help us through this episode, we have a sibling appearance. Wow, wow, wow. Today we are joined by Gwen as well as Kirsten. We got two out of three of your siblings on the show. That's true. We uh-huh. have to go to Canada to get the rest. It's true. <laughs> How many are there? There's only six. It's just <laughs> <laughs> You're saying like we have like all of like like three hundred siblings in Canada. We have to go fetch them. No, no. I just we just live in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta get back to Canada. I mean, we do. We're about to talk about it. <laughs> it's true. Okay, uh, gotta get back to Canada is my second um, favorite thing, too. We gotta get back to space. I feel like it's very fitting for this podcast as well. It's a very Canadian pod- or uh, Canadian episode, too. The whole discussion of hockey is the most... That's correct. It was... Yeah. Yeah. We'll get it's it first it. liner, baby. Oh, yeah. So before we get too far into this episode... Quick little content warning, we are going to be talking about homophobia, racism will probably come up as well as fat phobia, um, and before we get too far, we need to introduce our A plot and our B plot, so, Kirsten, how about you introduce us our A plot, and Gwen, you introduce our B plot. To be honest, I'm not sh- I'm assuming that the Marco is the A-plot. Yes, it is. Okay, so Marco is really anxious and a baby queer, and he's really, really cute, but he also has no idea how to ask anyone out ever. And so there's this, like, back and forth between him and Dylan, and it, they go through their first date, and it's a wreck, but it's cute. Yee. <laughs> and Gwen? Um, B-plot is following JT. I honestly don't know. I I wasn't paying attention so much to this episode. I'm I'm on as like the the supplementary guest here. Uh, but JT is making a commercial of some sort. Does he like? Is he like making a business? What do you mean by making a business? Do you mean he has an acting career? Yeah, I think he's a child actor. Yeah, he's is a, a child, child actor. Okay, but is he, the fries... He does not own the fry company. Okay, well, he kind of sounded like that when I was watching it. Okay, so this he's, is he's not... This he chose. He's trying to... He's he's on a commercial. It's for fries. I thought he was selling the fries. I thought it was like a... I mean, he Entrepreneurship. Is. But anyway, it's about... It's about him, um, he makes a commercial, he's real psyched about it, and and not everybody is as psyched as he is. Man, opportunities just rain down on these children at, like, <laughs> every corner. Like, oh, you get a free thing of, of, um, studio time, you win this contest. You can be, like, a teen model, you can be in commercials. I hate to give spoilers, but I feel like it gets worse as the series goes on, too. Like, even the fact that one of their teachers was like, I'll make ASCII art out of you. Like, what kind of teacher would do that? You're really hung up on that. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That's high praise. You know, I just love me some ASCII art. One time I put a comment in one of my files that I was working on for someone to find years later on that was just a walrus. That was an ASCII walrus. Can you explain what ASCII art Oh, Gwen wasn't on that episode. So it's like making a picture out of the character set that's the ASCII character set. 
Yes, so like, I understand that. Okay. Thank you. Yes, Snake was offering them in an auction. Yes. I would have accepted a walrus, to be honest. Yeah, you go, you win. You're like, excuse me, sir. I was thinking of maybe a zebra. <laughs> I don't need it to be me. I'm fine. Yeah. I would say I don't want it to be me. I would prefer it to be a walrus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's go into this B-plot first. Um, we open up this B-plot. We're in the hallway. JT is approaching Toby with a gigantic cardboard cutout of himself. He appears to be holding some sort of fries. His head is exagger is like exaggeratedly huge. He's wearing like weird, like a white person in the aughts take on hip hop culture. Back at it again with this. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit of a mess. He thinks it's absolutely hysterical to try and surprise Toby with this, and Toby observes that you know this is going to be displayed in the cafeteria, and JT says, like, oh, yeah, this is going to be all over the country. And <laughs> he's really proud about it. You can tell Toby's just, like, the wheels are turning in his head. I mean, I think Toby's been unpopular enough to just be like, oh, Christ, they're going to have a field day with this one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's they? Everyone. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Also, JT, in terms of, like, social strata, has been on the ups, right? Like, he's friends with Paige. He's friends with a lot of those popular kids. So to him, like... He kind of feels, I mean, I feel like he always feels that he's untouchable, but right now he truly feels that way. So he feels that, like, he is go he is super cool. And to a certain extent, like, you know, being a working actor, getting a countrywide advertising campaign is nothing to sneeze at. But that doesn't mean that kids are not going to look at it with some form of humor, seeing as though he looks fucking comical. In that ad. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just reminded of the King of the Hill episode where Bobby Hill is a model for a husky boy line of clothing. Yes, I love that episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a similar kind of idea, similar riff on the trope. I feel like JT is that person in high school who's the class clown who no one really hates, but you feel like one day you're going to find out something about him that is really fucked up. That's grim. Wow. wow. Thanks for that dark turn. Wow. Okay, I see but it. like, you know. <laughs> Ooh. He's, he's he's definitely just, the class clown type. You're gonna find out something weird. Yeah. yeah. He's just he has too much confidence. He's gotta fuck up somewhere and then like never tell anyone and then feel deep and dark and terrible about it. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Um, well, he, <laughs> it might be today, because he says that there's going to be an ad running that night, um, and as he's talking about this, he looks out and sees Manny walking in the hall, JT tries to say good morning to her, she entirely shuts him out, and after that point, JT says, hey, like, we can have a viewing party, like, let me have, like, a, you know, some people come over, Toby says that, like, okay, fine, like, you can have it at my place, because I know your apartment is way too tiny, but you can't invite too many people. And JT's like, oh yeah, it's gonna be super exclusive. You can see that he looks at Manny, and for a second you think, like, maybe this is him trying to organize some sort of social function to get Manny to go, and it'll be kind of small, and he'll be able to talk to her, and blah, 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 blah. 
I don't think he has that much self-control. No, because the next scene, we're in the fucking calf, and he has literally made invitations to throw at people. Also, the way the shot is, like, Manny walks away, and then just holds on the teacher that she was talking to for a second. Yeah. And I was just like, is he going to invite that teacher? I would have put it past him. Right? <laughs> but yeah, like, he's in the calf, like, just like he has multiple color paper, like, invitations, literally passing them to anybody who makes eye contact with him. So we know that that is not going to be the case. Sorry, Toby. Oh, Toby. I feel like Toby's just like, I believe you 100%. <clears throat> Maybe Toby's just like giving up at this point. I think Toby has. I think with Toby, like, he's very, there's like a resignation, I feel like, in, in him where he can accept that JT is kind of on the up. Toby understands that his status is going to stay where it is pretty yeah. much. And instead of trying to fight it, um, he doesn't do anything about it. But in many ways, it sabotages the character because who does he have now in the same level as him if JT is rising? That's bleak. He was friends with Rick for that one episode where Rick was trying to get Terry's attention. But we haven't seen their relationship since then. Not to say that I want to, but, you know, we haven't seen... Someone who was in he the was friends with Rick? Yeah. Oh, God, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oof. But, yeah. Well, he's friends with Jimmy. Kinda. Yeah, kind of, but, but it's oh, not God. like... Sorry, I'm just so stuck on the, the friends with Rick. Just, like, two fucking white knights circle jerking. And that's, I, I can only imagine how... Oh, yeah. Oy, like, oy. It's like It's like a living Reddit like Yes, exactly. Post. It is a living Reddit post. <laughs> it's, like, real bad. Um, which is like a couple MRAs in their fucking bedroom. It's a nightmare. Um. Oh god, I can only imagine where Rick's at right now. Ugh, it's dark. But like, we don't know if Toby is maintaining a connection with him. I like how we're just like, this is a super lighthearted episode, let's get dark. Yeah, we're going like real dark turns. But, um, there is a resignation, but like I said, like, it's a weird, like, sabotage of the character because now, other than jt kind of flitting over to him who is toby's fr toby friends with when this character was initially introduced and in a pretty tight group of friends that's tragic tbh yeah sometimes that happens though it yeah. happens but it is kind of it's still disappointing because it's not written to really explore it very much and toby now is just kind of getting pushed into the background what, well, it's because he's not an interesting enough character for them to really develop on. Well, a lot of... <coughs> it's awful. A lot of that main crew has kind of splintered off into... Exactly, which is realistic. Yeah, like, you know, Emma's hanging out with Chris now. Um, JT went with the popular kids, which makes out of all, all of them the most sense. Yeah, Manny's because, a pariah, which well, makes sense, given the context. Yeah, and Toby... Never kind of, like, uh, never really had the chutzpah to, like, be JT. Like, oh. Toby is funny. I'll give him that. Like, these little one-liners and asides here and there are funny. Yeah. But he never, like, puts himself out there the way JT does. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. It's also just kind of disappointing because this is your only character that you have that is Jewish. At least explicitly canonically so oh really yeah so Ooh. You... there reeks of some anti-semitism there 
<laughs> yeah. Um, it is, it's a disappointment because, like, then you do have a character who is, who is marginalized from the main group getting further, like, you know, the outsider status just gets further and further. The alienation gets further and further. And that's always upsetting to see. Wait, were these, all of these characters in middle, are they in high school or are they in middle school right now? High school right now. Okay. And they were friends, and I'm sorry, I just don't know. No, no, it's okay, they've been friends. A lot of them have been friends since middle school. Some kids may have been added, like, Marco is a newer character, Ellie is a newer character. Chill. Okay. Something happened at a different school that they had to combine the schools. Uh, I think it was, like, a... Was that the fire? I'm trying to remember, but... No, 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 I think this one was just the school got closed because of, like, uh, restructuring stuff. Yeah. So they had some new kids come in because of that. Damn. Quan, uh, Quan, since an hour strong, like, man, each of us has like 300 new kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> because there's only five of us here. Love um, it. So we jump next to spirit practice, where yep. JT is the panther mascot. Yep. Um, Paige is kind of looking at how they did and, and approving it. Um, and as she's talking to JT, he kind of runs over to Manny to invite her. <laughs> I I really enjoyed this because it felt like, okay, so, like, it showcases just how important this is to him. Yeah. Where he's just like, oh, whatever, Paige, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I gotta go. Um, and he has, like, he has an invitation for her, but he didn't really have pockets, so it's kind of, like, all, like, crinkly and kind of weird. And he's just like, oh, this is as good as I can do. I'm sorry. Um, and Manny looks at it and she goes, yeah, this is at Ashley's house and I don't want to get my ass beat. Which is, like, fair because Ashley obviously hates Manny's guts because Craig and Manny cheated on her. Oh, it all comes full circle now. Yep. Yeah, um, I, I understand. I do want to point out JT pulls it from the head of the mascot. Yeah, it's really <laughs> endearing. It's very endearing. And also, what does an Ashley Ellie beatdown look like? A lot of stomping and kicking. I feel like it's a lot of leg, because I'm assuming they're wearing a lot of boot bootwear. Mm. Um, I'm thinking it's just a lot of that. Like, like they- getting her on the ground and kicking her in the side. That's what I get. Gotcha. Do you think that they have the guts to do that? I don't think it's in their style. Yeah, I think they I just, I like, don't think, verbally yeah. assault her viciously. I don't, I think it would be a lot of, but I would emphasize it would be Ashley. Ashley would run her mouth. Ellie would make some snide remarks, but Ellie ultimately is a good kid and doesn't necessarily, like, Ellie is acting on that on behalf of her friend who did get screwed over and not necessarily because it's in her mm. nature to. It is more she is very protective of Ashley at this time because Ashley's clearly hurting. Yeah, that makes sense. That's my read. But if we were talking a physical fight, I imagine a lot of kicking. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Punch? It's, but, like... Pull hair? Choke? Okay. The hair hold it. Okay. Girl fights. Lots of hair pulling. That's true. I've seen enough. Oh, I God. know. Um, but, anyway, Manny's really, con- really concerned about that. JT reiterates to her that Ashley's not gonna be there. Um, and Manny... Was like, yeah, but here's the thing. Like, when I'm at school and people are, like, you know, saying shit about me, I can always walk away. If I'm at the house, I'm kind of locked in. I can't do anything. I can't leave. And JT's like, yeah, well, I'll make sure that nothing happens to you. Um, 
And he just kind of continues begging and being like, yeah, like this commercial's a dream come true, blah, 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 blah. And eventually she says that she would go and he's super excited. I do, like, I, I know we've been very dark on the podcast during this episode so far, but like, I do like the fact that the show's just like, hey, you know who it's far worse for in this situation? The girl. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that while I hate seeing Manny go through this, they are really emphasizing that she, in that situation, in pretty much any, like, any school, and not even outside, even outside of school, I think this would happen regardless, unfortunately that person, when they're a woman, the other woman gets unfairly torn apart by people. And it sucks because you kind of have this very sullen type of Manny and you can tell that the, the whole idea of like romance and love has truly burned her this time around. And you see her feeling, like you kind of see how hollowed out she is because of this. And it's a really hard thing to watch as somebody who's a big fan of her. It sucks watching her suffer like this and knowing that the suffering has been going on for a while. It's like a weird thing because... It happens. It still happens. Oh, like it happens that all she the was, time. Uh, um, Chloe, Chloe Kardashian. Yeah. And her husband. Are they actually married? I'm not sure. But he cheated on her, and she like roasted the girl, but didn't bother to roast her her partner at all. Yeah. It happens all the fucking time. Like, like who do you think? Who do you think cheated? Yeah. Well, I see it all the time, even in, like, middle school, you see, uh, like, you know, the girls are the ones who get the blame, the girls are the ones who are vilified because they're the ones with, like, hickeys on their neck and things like that, and it's not, you know, not at all at the boy who has been cheating on, like, like, in t hooking up with girls behind their backs and everything, it's like, he gets away with it, the girls get yelled at, and the girls get blamed for their, like, crop tops and shit, it's infuriating because he has no control and no one should blame him for that exactly it sucks it sucks and and while it sucks seeing this happen to manny it is definitely a very realistic situation in terms of how high schoolers cope with or don't cope with situations like this I don't think they have the emotional maturity to cope with situations I don't like think they this. do. I also don't think adults do with yeah. a lot of this stuff, because I feel like it, it also plays out in adulthood. Yeah. I mean, it does, and then people don't want to talk about it, and then there's lack of communication, and shit falls apart. Exactly. So, we go to Toby's. Um, Manny is miserably crammed on a leather couch. Um... Somewhat, like, it sounds like there's, like, some trivia show playing. They're doing, like, Star Trek trivia, it sounds like. Which is... It's a little dated. Not... Well, JT's name is James Tiberius. <laughs> so, it's... It's, like, I think it's supposed to kind of poke fun at the fact that JT's name, in of itself, is a Star Trek reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I kind of thought that was funny. Um, so they transition from that to the commercial, which is, uh, let's go around. How would you describe this commercial? What is the succinct description of this commercial, if you could, everybody? Whoever wants to jump in first, feel free. I feel like it's a culmination of every ad I saw at 
4.30 p.m. on the Cartoon Network that was targeted towards maybe 9 to 11-year-old boys. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> Who wants to go next? That dog was cute. Yeah, that's true, too. Okay. <laughs> Gwen, anything? Ah. <laughs> Casual racism. My Back descri- at it again. Yeah, yeah, my description is JT speaks in bad AAVE to a dog. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, this very specific flavor of early aughts, like add racism that like is very of it's just so of that time like i was watching it and it felt like i had seen that commercial before but it was like insert product here like reese's puffs or like (laughs) fucking like gushers or some shit like i was just like oh oh i'm familiar fucked up part of it is all targeted towards children oh yeah do you mind if I do a dramatic reading of the um, script? Oh, oh my please God. do. Please. Um, I'm going to do it uh, as if I'm in Death of the Salesman. Oh, great. Yo, dog. These fries are wicky wicky whack. What they need is some stupid super fly flavor. First we give them the mad curl. Then we dunk them in the dope batter. And it's time to kick the super fly fryer flavor. Crazy combo of seven slamming spices. Let's see if a fly tastes off the chain, yo. Hey, don't get off my fries, dog. Get your fry on with Superfly fries. Amazing, <laughs> truly amazing. It's it's now, just now. Just imagine that with like a pseudo oxyclean <laughs> oxyclean voice reading, and that's that's the commercial. Yeah, like I love it because like the dog. I was like the dog does not move until it's trying to eat the fries. <laughs> It's like the camera is moving for the dog. It feels like <laughs> there's a lot of like spinning camera work and shit like that where it just feels like JT and the dog were just standing there entirely stationary and was the cameras just moving around. I kept, I kept looking up like, like when I look up Degrassi season three, I keep seeing the shot of JT and the dog dressed like that. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And just move on in my life. And now you know. <laughs> Um, so they, they, uh, the commercial happens, um, and everyone is fucking silent. That was so cruel. Let's talk about it, like, that was just fucked up. It was because I mean, he, like, turns least, it off the TV. At least, like, clap least, a little bit. Uh, at least JT has, like, the presence of mind. He's, like, super jazzed about it. He's like, how was it, guys? Was it great? I mean, I think I, I think it was pretty, pretty inspiring. I love how Chris coughs and Jimmy just is fucking mocks him. <laughs> yeah, well, so he doesn't get the response he yeah. wants, and he's like, oh, I guess, well, I guess you didn't think it was great. Well, we'll move on. <laughs> At least he's not, like, that sad that he's still, like, puppy dog eyeing, searching for approval. At least he recognizes when it's not coming. I mean, the thing about it is, like, yes, it's embarrassing, and we can talk about, like, the embarrassing aspects of it, especially with, like, the the language used in it, but ultimately, like, I felt like that was on par for everything else, so I don't feel like what you would, what would you expect if somebody was like, hey, I'm gonna be in a commercial, like, you know it's gonna be corny. <laughs> yeah, I don't really, especially at that time. What are you gonna expect? Yeah. There's not very few, there's very few commercials that I would want to be in. 
Like, I just want to be, like, one of those super weird Arby ones or something. A lot I, of, mm-hmm. Hmm. Or, like, if they gave me a personal trainer, um, one of the Old Spice ones. I don't <sighs> want to be in any commercial. I don't think I know enough commercials anymore. I only know, like, the same three that Hulu always shows me. <laughs> it depends. It depends on the week. There's this truly horrific mathnasium commercial that pops up. Mathnasium? Where it's like they turn children into horrifying, crappy CGI superheroes. Ooh. Oh, that's awful. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I want to be in the This Is Your Brain on Drugs PSA. <laughs> See, I Because would... I get to smash stuff and get paid for it. I like the updated version of that. That one's good. It's, I, it's not as, like, smashy, but it uh, talks about, like, the racial inequality within the context of incarceration, which I'm into. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really good. The same actress update, like, she, she narrates it and everything. That's incredible. Yeah. Sorry, Gwen. No, yeah, I was just thinking, the only commercial I'd want to be on is, like, the HIV prophylaxis commercials, because just, like, it's They're a lot of- it's so hot. It's just all really- <laughs> I'm just like, please so let me hot. be with all these hot actors and actresses, like, <laughs> they're all just so super cute, and, like- Thank you. I'll be in your presence. Yeah. It's true. Like, I remember watching when Pose was coming out, like, they kept showing the prep commercial. And, like, that was my thought every time. I was like, they got really gorgeous people on this prep <laughs> commercial. Really beautiful people. I, I, I remember back in the day, there was a contest to be in a Beck music video. And this is tangentially related, because music videos are commercial for albums. True. Um, and I was just like, I was so desperate to be in that, like, to win it. And then I saw, like... I was like, oh man, you probably get to meet Beck and whatnot, and it's just this guy looking kind of glum in a wizard costume, there's a zoom in on his face, and that's it. Awesome. I was like, I'm sure Beck didn't even say hi to him. That's R. something, R. though. I would rather be the sad wizard with a clothes-in on my face in a music video. Like, I don't need to that? meet anyone. I'm sorry? What album was that? Uh, Midnight Vultures, Sex Laws. Damn. It premiered once on TRL, and then it was never seen again. Hey, Sounds still, right. somewhere on YouTube is this man getting a close-up shot of himself as a sad no, wizard. No, oh, I shouldn't say Beck was never seen again on TRL. <laughs> Beck disappeared forever. And then reappeared at the Grammys. Just if that. There was no album. He just suddenly took that, that Grammy. Yeah, just to, like, be like, fuck you, Beyonce. Just, that's it. There was no album. He just materialized. We still can't explain this moment. My favorite thing was, like, they reported, like, the most top, after the Grammys, they, the number one Google search was, who was Beck? Oh my god. That was so good. That was so good. I remember being like, Beck still makes music. Yeah. It's a fair point. Yeah. Fair point. He doesn't make much noise besides the music he makes. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Let's, let's finish this At B- the schoolyard. I want to finish this B plus. We, we talk will... about that sweet, sweet A plot. Yeah, yeah. So we're at the schoolyard. JT's kind of staring at the school. Um, Jay and Sean pass by, and they are mocking him because I guess they they had access to a television and wanted to watch that commercial. Um, <laughs> they were busy. Ar- they were busy arguing about the fact that Jeopardy got that Star Trek question wrong. Right, they're like <laughs> discussing, they're, they're going really hard about about the uh, question selection for that category. Um, so they mock him again, and as they're done mocking him, Manny approaches JT, um, and she's like, well, the commercial sucked, but you didn't. Which is a weirdly sweet sentiment. I mean, I don't know, be... what, that, what does that even mean? Well, Sorry. as him acting. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Which he played the role. It yeah. was a shitty yeah. role, but he played it well. Well, that's the yeah. thing. It's like it's like at the end of the day, he's he's in a countrywide campaign. He has ads and shit like that. Like he he's he, making money. Yeah. Like he he's doing pretty well for himself as like a child selling ad those, actor. Selling those fries. Yeah. Like I don't or know. Was it the seasoning? <laughs> No, no, no. It's the fries. The fries fries. with the seasoning. Seven spices. Seven fucking spices. Hey, that ad worked if we're remembering how many fucking spices are in it. My question is, though, like... Is this like like a bur- like Burger King or something like that where it has like this is a chain and they serve these no, fries? Or is no, it like I think this is like packaged, like, pre-packaged fries that you yeah. just. It's like it's, the Ida fries at the grocery I store. I think it's kind of like that, but they're specifically distributed in schools for food. Yeah, because he says his cardboard cutout is oh. going to be vandalized in schools across the country. Yeah. Wow. This was okay. back when they I had curly that. fries at high schools. Yeah, the curly fries. I mean, curly fries were always the hit in, 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 were... in cafeteria. I always liked the for seasoning the of them, so. smiley fry ones. Yeah, the <laughs> smiley potatoes. Those yes. are shit, though. They're just well, like they were just mushy, they were mashed potatoes. Yeah, with a, they're with very a, with cute. A, with a very thin golden crust. They're yeah. very cute, but... You just but... slather them in butter and salt. Yeah, I mean, they're very, very cute. <laughs> and then you eat that face. You gotta eat that face. You just gotta eat it. I paid the wrong and not pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so um, she also says, like, you know, I know I'm saying that and my opinion doesn't matter all that much, but, and she just kind of, like, pushes him back into the school and the way that she does that is reminding him that there is a math test. She kind of is like, we gotta get our math on. She sounds fucking dead when she delivers it, but it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she kind of, like, you know, tries to kind of laugh it off a little bit, and they kind of race to the school. It's actually pretty cute. Yeah, didn't like I didn't mind this JT. Honestly, no, I don't mind this he, version of JT. He has at all. been getting better, and like he at very beginnings of this of of this podcast, you kept remembering or, or, or reminiscing of on good feelings about JT and not understanding why you had them, and maybe it's because. You remember later, JT. I think that's exactly it. I, I definitely think he turned a corner when he decided to go, like, throw down with Dean. Yeah. yeah. No, that was a big turning point. He was great in that. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Fuck that guy. And he's, like, Paige is, like, going over the budget for the Spirit Squash. He's like, JT, why does the Panther costume need hidden brass knuckles? Reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a pretty, pretty cute little plot, the ad being terrible, but it was meant to be. So, not so bad. Probably one of the better JT plots that I have had to see, so I'm pretty happy on that front. Um, so let's get to this A-plot, because that is what we all actually want to talk about, to be honest. I'm so <laughs> excited. I'm so glad that we finally got into the baby gay plots of Marco. It's so wholesome. It's so wholesome and so good. So we start with school. Um, we're at the front of the school. Marco is like jumping out of his dad's car um, because he has a poster for the semi-formal. Um, and he's talking about how it's going to be a Bollywood theme. It looks like himself and like Ellie, question yep. mark, are like heavily <laughs> photoshopped on it. Um, <laughs> not great. Not great. But I... Uh, but um... He's talking about how it's going to have a Bollywood theme, spinner page, and he's... I feel like he's tried to push this Bollywood theme in other places. Am I wrong at that? Am I misremembering? Well, Ellie 
wanted to do a Bollywood theme perfume ad. He and wanted then, to do a Bollywood perfume theme. She wanted to do the like yes. more. Yes. Well, she yes, she was, like yeah. And then they watched a. They wanted to watch Bollywood movies. They wanted to do a Bollywood movie double header, but then Sean wanted to go to that action movie. Yeah, so it has come up before. Yeah, he consistently likes Bollywood films. Yes. That's like a characteristic that that we've seen time and time again. Okay. It's actually kind of endearing. Yeah, it's it, it seems like something that like it, I just I appreciate the consistency. Yeah, yeah like yeah. there's like it's weird. Character. There's weird character consistencies that are building up in this season, which I really appreciate. Um, yeah, like, uh, Marco likes Bollywood films, Spinner likes Cheese Whiz. <laughs> you know, little things. But, um, Spinner, Paige, and Hazel look really confused, and Spinner just says, like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's a good theme if you're a big flaming, and then as he's starting, Marco's dad is getting out of the car, he's like, oh! And... Okay, I did not like the fact that he's probably going to end that with a racial, uh, not racial, a homophobic slur, but the fact that he's recognizing, like, Marco is not out, and I need to make sure I don't out him, like. Yeah, this is a weird transition point. So, Kirsten, you haven't been keeping track of Spinner's growth on, in this department. Has he grown at all? I a little bit. Well, he went from outing Marco forcibly to oh, now, that, now yeah. trying to handle sensitive material, you know, being aware of the different spaces that Marco is out in. Yeah. Which is growth. It's still shitty. I don't think he's, he's you know, forgiven. I don't think he, you know, he... Is a good person, but I do think that this is growth. Really wish that Marco had better friends. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. But this is high school. Yeah. Like, take what you can get. Yeah, if you're out in high school, you have shitty. Like, a lot of the time, unless there are other LGBTQ kids around you, you have shitty straight friends. And I say that as somebody with shitty straight friends Mm -hmm. when I was in high school. Frank! (laughs) Frank, We were friends in high school. I'm sure you were fine. (laughs) I was mostly just numb through high school, so. Yeah. That's fair. We would have made it work. But, like, you know, a lot of, like, friends giving you... Honestly, a lot of my friends were not as outwardly malicious as Spinner was in the beginning of this whole entire Mm -hmm. arc. But I had a lot of friends who were saying more like what Spinner was like at this point. Making weird comments like, oh, like that. Like, oh, like, you know, what are you? Some sort of XYZ here. But still not going to out you to your parents or anything like that. Like, I think this is actually very consistent for shitty straight friends in high school. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. Uh, to, to give him some sort of credit, or at least... He's a teenager. And he, he came into life probably with a lot of prejudices that he's had to work through. Yeah. Um, and this is him working through that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, he's still, like, he's a sophomore in high school. Like, the amount of growth that one makes between, like, freshman year to senior year to life beyond high school is... Infinite. It's infinite. It's exponential. It's it's huge. So, like, we are, you know, once again, I am not saying he's perfect yet. I am not saying that he's forgiven for his actions or that Marco should forgive him. I am saying that we are in a better spot with how Spinner is handling this information than we were... Earlier in this season. So, um, you know, Spinner then just kind of transitions to, like, saying hi to Marco's dad. Marco's dad kind of pops the trunk and shows all the stuff that they've printed. 
um, because his his job has printed like posters and tickets and shit like that. And Paige is like, oh, I need a ticket for myself and Spinner because we're going to be king and queen. And Hazel's like, excuse you, this could be me and Jimmy. And Marco's like, well, Marco will be king, but like, where the fuck's your queen, buddy? And Marco's like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be the chair. I have no time to date. Which, good cover. Good cover. Yeah. Good cover, baby gay. Uh, <laughs> can I also just point out just what an unbelievable stereotype Mr. Del Rossi is? Yes. Here's my thing about it, and I say this as an Italian. There's a part of me that's like, oh, because, like, the way that he's portrayed, he, like, has, like, the very I'll-talk-a-like-a-this type of accent. And there's, like, a part of me that's, like, oh, that's super stereotypical. And then there's the other part of me that watched The Sopranos and went, huh, this is a very accurate depiction of my family. So, like, <laughs> minus all the killing. <laughs> okay, but now, all of a sudden, I'm, I just popped into my head. Maybe, and I, once again. You know what, maybe the writers deserve a little bit of credit that he is a, Marco is only second generation. He reads to me as like yeah. first gen, second gen yeah. type situation. Um, and that's why his father has more traditional views than, uh, not trying to excuse no, those no, no, views, no. but I, like. Yeah, I think we get the read, because like it's, it seems like sometimes he speaks in like broken Italian and things like that. I think we are supposed to read that he's like a first gen kid. Or a second gen kid, but like he's pretty, he's not as assimilated as like I am, for example. Like I'm like three generations in, did not get to learn the language because my, you know, my parents didn't get to learn the language type deal. Like he, he seems to have family that has immigrated later and is less like fearful of having the culture be shared amongst different generations. Yeah, like I never met Anthony. You know, said my last name. I never <laughs> met my grandpa Anthony on my dad's side, but I'm sure worked in construction like in the like 1940s. Probably wasn't that great, but you know, like my dad taught me tolerance. Yeah. That like his father might have tried to teach him, but he had to learn through living in a melting pot as opposed to like his father. Yeah, it's hard because Italian culture, even if you go to Italy, is like notoriously conservative. There's a lot of political reasons for why that is the way that it is. Yeah. And a lot of it holds over in, in Italian, Canadian, Italian, American households. Because you also have that Catholic piece, mm. which I know later seasons Marco speaks to and, and speaks to identifying with it. And that's a really interesting and difficult balance to kind of make sense of because it's like there's a lot of mangling of religious beliefs to kind of suit the, the conservative agenda that's been definitely kind of impressed upon Italians for generations, 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 generations. Um, so you get the feeling of this conservatism coming from that very traditional cultural mindset. Um, and I do appreciate that this is coming from a white kid. I'm glad that we don't have to go through the the pitfalls of the writers taking a more conservative family, like like say like it was like Hazel or something like that, and they mm -hmm. had to go through the landmines of like trying to deal with like Islam and things like that within this context. I appreciate that it is like a white Euro ethnic kid where the conservatism is very real, but also is is being is not like becoming this fear mongering message about a kid who comes from, who is, like, not white. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, this was the right 
choice if they were going to have Marco's family not be super accepting of it. Because Marco hasn't spoken too much to his family other than, like, passing comments about his mom's pasta sauce and things like that. Which, I knew where that was going, but, you know. It, it's, it's, this is our first real exposure. So, so Marco tries to kind of, like, de-escalate and say, like, oh, I don't have enough time for a date. And as his dad is kind of talking to him about it, he looks up and sees Dylan. And Dylan is, like, catching a football, I think, question mark. He's, he's <laughs> a man He's a jock. He's got that jock. Um, he, <laughs> I feel like most of Dylan's actions could just be, like, he's being hunky. Yeah, he's a big old hunk. And, like, he kind of, like, stops short and smiles at Marco. Um, and Marco's dad is like, hey, Spinner, like, help Marco get a girl. And Marco's just like, uh, I, I, I gotta go. I must leave. <laughs> I, I must Can't compute. <laughs> I must descend okay, from here. Well, he says, "You're too shy, Marco Spinner. Help your friend, please." And part of me did kind of think like Spinner's like, "I will take that at face value and face value alone. <laughs> I will help my friend, just not the way you want." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, well, said that you wanted me to help, so this is how I'm gonna do it. Um, but yeah, Marco just like zooms out. And the ending shot before it goes to the opening is Spinner looking concerned in his direction. So, um, the next scene we have is we're in the hallway and Marco is recounting the whole entire exchange with Dylan. Um, and Marco is like, yeah, you know, like one day I, I was thinking about maybe I could just like shut my dad up by saying that I have a crush on a guy. So Dylan, of course, is like becomes the human embodiment of the eyes emoji. And he's like, ooh, so who do you have a crush on? And Mark was like, oh, oh. I like how it went there instead of, like, damage control. Yeah, like, there's, I don't know. Went to the horny first. Well, that's what I like about this. And there's a couple moments in this plot, and there's a couple moments in the past that it's I really, really cute, like. Though. It's really cute, and, like, there's this, um, there isn't much fear about sexuality yeah. in in the way that they handle Marco, which I find fascinating, because you would assume in this time period mm-hmm. that they would approach Marco and his attractions in a way that's very non-sexual. Yeah. And it's very age-appropriate, like, it's not something that, like, I feel is, like, exploitive or gross or weird, but they're also not afraid to have Marco be genuinely, like, attracted to somebody, and not in, like, this la-di-da, like, conceptual way like mm-hmm. in a very like physical way and it's yeah. really nice it's really cute it's, it's like wholesome it's yeah beautiful. it is it's very like it's it's i'm very surprised how well this this is aged like very very surprised and dylan is literally the sweetest person on earth oh i know what the hell he's so dreamy yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's totally accepting and just wants marco to be his best self <laughs> yeah um But yeah, like, Dylan then transitions into, like, hey, like, there's a zombie movie out that I, no one wants to go with me. Will somebody go with me? And Marco's like, I'm scared of zombies. Marco. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, Dylan's like, well, I guess I'll go with my friend Tom, I guess. And as Dylan leaves, Marco's like, I fucking blew it. (laughs) The gay baby panic is so transparent on his face. And he realizes that this was his, like, this was an invitation that was specific to him. 
Well, I don't think it was, I think it was insecurity. It wasn't really, he, he probably knew it was an invitation. He just didn't know how to, if he could deal with it. I think it could go either way. Because, like, I, I have been in situations like that where, like, mm-hmm. somebody asked me to do something and it was like, let's hang out. And I was like, oh, I hate that. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like, I definitely did that to a couple girls in high school to a point that I had a friend, like, take me to a diner and be like, do you not fucking realize this is a date? And me be like, no. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to tell that prom story again. (laughs) People can go into the backlog for the prom story. It's okay, Frank. You don't have to recount it, I know. I I recounted it at at Easter dinner. Easter dinner? It was just my family. She's like, you have to stop telling that story. It makes my heart hurt. (laughs) It's right. My my first relationship was was in high school. And I... Slip sleepwalked through most of high school and, you know, normal middle school trauma of having girls tell me, oh, you're so cute, I love you, and, you know, it's it's bullshit and they're making fun of you. So I get to high school and some girl, like, walks up to me and is like, my friend's really into you, and my natural re- reaction is like, no, she's not. <laughs> like, go away. And I just, like, I just, like, ran away from her. <laughs> and this, this friend pursued me the next week and followed up and actually, actually like, made it very clear that her friend was actually legitimately into me, which still did not really compute until, like, at least two weeks into the relationship. It was it was a weird time. She got on a bus with me, and I didn't know what to do, because I assumed she didn't like me. And I just, I, I was like, do I sit next to her? What do I do? And so I sat, uh, I sat, I didn't sit next to her, and I just listened to music. Oh! <laughs> that is so relatable. There's so many times I was like... I saw this chant, I just listened to music instead. It's <laughs> just <done>. like, <laughs> uh, it's just like uh, it, it didn't make any sense. And like, she was a cute girl, and I was just like, I, what, what does she see in me? I'm, I am, I am being, I am, I am bacteria in dirt. I don't understand Ooh. this. Ooh. Yeah, like, same. I just, it never, that's never entered my head. They're like, they can't actually be into me. This is so dark. This episode has accidentally become the darkest episode we've had in a while. Because we're talking about love, and love is painful sometimes. That is correct. Um, The next scene we have, we have in the cafeteria. Spinner takes a seat across from Marco and just straight up is like, Yo, do you like Dylan? (laughs) And Marco's like, could you say it any louder, please? Spinner has the emotional sensitivity of, like, a snail. Yeah. I think a snail might have a little bore. Um... And, you know, it takes a little sec- it takes a little Aww. bit- I just imagine a snail writing poetry. Um, it takes a little bit, but Marco eventually is like, yeah, I do. Um, and it's interesting because he says he's the first guy he can see himself hooking up with. Mm. Which I thought was a very interesting word choice. Obviously, hooking up means a zillion different things. Like in, I think in this case it just means making out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but I like that that's what he says. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, it's like the first guy I could see myself with, or the first yeah. guy I could see myself going on a date with. It's going to a physical hmm. place, and I really like that. Like, I like that Marco is explicitly, like, sexually into Dylan, and he talks about it in a way a teenager would. Like, I think it's really good, and I think that a lot of LGBTQ rep flubs this sometimes like I think that some writers are afraid to go into that direction 
Not to say that really everyone... give the characters the agency to be sexual. Exactly. And, like, not to say that every single LGBTQ character has to yeah. be sexual, but there, I feel like a lot of the time there's, like, this fear of having the character potentially be seen as, like, dirty mm. because they have sexual attraction. In, in Marco's case, like, no, he fucking, he wants, he wants Dylan, and it's very explicit. Well, I, I'm sorry. Oh. Um, I feel like it's the opposite of what you were talking about before, where, like, it's somebody not, where Dylan wasn't talking about sex in an unage-appropriate way. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, like, I think a lot of people don't want to do that, so they just err too far on the side of caution. Yes. And make it sterile and, like, you know, uh... That's the word I'm looking for. Like, yeah, just not as sexual, but not as, like, yeah, prudish. Yeah, yeah, it just comes very apprehensive and tentative as opposed to I'm writing a character with that doesn't necessarily have sexual <clears throat> attraction or anything like that. It just comes off just very, like, there. there's fear in the writer's room. <laughs> Which we haven't seen a lot of in the Degrassi writer's room. Oh, no, they... they... <clears throat> I was going to say something really mean, and I'm going to resist. I was about to say, like, proofreading, what's that? Just, it's on paper, send it out. Fuck it, whatever. Who cares? Um, but I really like how he puts that. Um, and then Marco says that, you know, he's, he's, Marco's just kind of at a loss, and Spinner says he wants to help, and Marco just says, like, well, he's scared. And Spinner, Spinner has no subtleties. He's just like, well, ask him out. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Just ask him out. <laughs> that's what my father told me to do. Right. Just like, people are like buses. You miss one, there's another one coming down the line. But, as you can tell, Marco is a very anxious person. And being just told, just fucking do it, is terrifying. It's also not good advice. <laughs> it's, it's very straight advice. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, Spinner doesn't... And, and, you know, Spinner eventually gets kind of called out on this. Like, Spinner doesn't really get... He doesn't understand the consequences. No, he doesn't understand the consequences. And he doesn't understand the consequences, like, one, of course, when you're talking, like, if you don't, well, in this case, it's not much of an issue, Dylan is gay, but, like, you do run to that thing where it's, like, there's only, like, two gay people you know exist at this school, do you want to burn that bridge? Do you want to make things awkward with the one support you have? Yeah. Yeah. And Spinner doesn't get that. Yeah, and then, and then, like, and then there's the next question, which I guess we'll bring up later, too, but... Even if it does work out, how do you navigate that relationship in high school if, if you don't want it to, if you I mean Marco's not out to his parents, how do you navigate that? Yeah, yeah. It's Just, really stressful. Um, so we go to the lockers, at least we show the lockers and then we hmm. make our way toward like one of those little windows in the hall. And Marco is watching Dylan and asking <laughs> Spinner what the fuck to do. I, I, I did like this because it just felt like really, it felt like dumb season one shenanigans. Yeah. Where they're like, okay, first we need to scope out our prey. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those of you who could not see, Frank was doing like a side to side head movement of, of, I don't know, a velociraptor. I, you get the idea. It was really good. Um, but yeah, so like Spinner's like, you just gotta fucking go! And like, shoves him. By the way, Gwen, that is how I date. <laughs> I, I have a friend come up, head bob, head bob, and then I come out from the side with flowers on them, and they're like, clever girl. <laughs> and then I you, don't... You bring a severed arm instead of a bouquet of flowers for the date. 
dice. <laughs> and then I don't get a date anyway. Oh, stop going in a dark place. Anyway, Marco is like, okay, and goes, and as he's making his way over, Tom comes out of nowhere. I was like, I got you this mix CD, Dylan. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is the most of the time period. Fucking like, I don't really understand why Marco deflated yeah. seeing that. Oh, that a is. A true sign of love. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it is though. Yeah. Yeah, like. You don't like make a, a mix CD for, unless they're your best friend or a crush. Yeah. yeah. Or both. <laughs> Marco should have one up to him. Like, here's a mixed tape. This thing takes three hours to make as opposed to the five that CD took. The five right. seconds that CD took. Yeah, burning a CD takes like it takes a good amount of time. Yeah. Well, back then it took a <laughs> little like, bit. Okay, but a like you just like tick, 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 tick. it's yeah, it's not like when you're recording shit onto the cassette and all that. That is true. Um, and Marco just like entirely deflates, and like Tom kind of looks at him and kind of gives him this snotty look. I Tom is the gay stereotype in every gay stereotype ever, and it's kind yeah. of upsetting. Yeah, it's it's always hard with this type of character. I guess what I do appreciate about it is that Tom is not your only gay character that you sure. see, which is why I'm not going to come down as hard, because at least you have, like, you have Marco, you have Dylan, and now you have this Tom character. At least you have, like, yeah. different types of masculinity. I think they were just trying to make it glaringly obvious. Yeah, I think they were like, yeah. how do we make a guy, like, radiate that he is gay? This is how we do it. Which yeah. is kind of fucked up. And yeah. I'm sure if it was done now, it would be different. Like, I think if it was done now, they would just go for, like, a pride pin. Yeah. Or, like, an armband or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they would have just kind of gone in that direction, but back then it was very, like, of the time, I feel like, to make him be that way. Or even, like, a shoulder touch and the mixed CD together. I feel yeah. Like that would have been fine. No, I agree. I think there was a way to do it that wasn't like that. Yeah. Anyway, Marco feels threatened by this, this mixtape presence here. Mm -hmm. um, which, I mean, I get it, but also, Marco's, like, ten times cuter than this, than this character. Oh. He's kind of a foot. What? This is a child. of children. That's like the one, one rule of this show. You know that's true. Don't make fun of children. They can't help themselves. <laughs> a tiny. If you had foot. to choose. If I had to choose, yes, I agree. But this is a fucking show about child actors. Anyway, Marco is threatened, and he walks off. It is sad. He could grow out of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, the next scene that Wowzers. we... Uh, the next scene that we leg. have... If I get bad emails about how Gwen is mean to children, I'm just forwarding them to you, and you can deal with them. It's, it's, a, it's a fictional character. It's fine. It's a it's real, a real person! person. There are markets for that kind of face in acting. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, what the actual fuck? The character for Landry, the actor for Landry was very successful. Yes, I agree! The rat. No! <laughs> no! No, the rat is named after that character, though. Yeah. Our, our, our pet rat. R.I.P. Landry. No. Uh, Friday Night Lights character. Yes. Oh, another high school show. 
Yes. I'm just imagining your rats in Friday Night Lights. Oh, I did <laughs> oh, all perfect. the fucking but, like, time. Just like imagine like little rat shaped um armor or not armor equipment, uh, football like football equipment. equipment. Yeah, like little uniforms, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little rat uniforms, and they're like flesh toned because they were all hairless. So it's like real it's like good. Red well, wall except well, football. Well, that's <laughs> yes. the thing. I also just imagine them as giant six foot tall rats. <gasps> oh, that's I even wish. better. Oh, that's, that's really that's good. good. Like, you just see, like, three, like, three rats coming down the line, like, oh, no, 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 I'm out. <laughs> I would hug them. Oh, my gosh. You think you, think you got the, 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 the first down line, but then a, a naked tail comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Fucking trips you. Personal foul. At that point, at that point, like, you say hug them, but at that point, they can also just pick you up. That's great. I would love to be picked up by my children. Um, yeah, but they're about to scuff your neck with their with their rat teeth. That's fine. Okay, we digress. Anyway, so we go to Hasselakos' class. She's talking about bees. Um, Spinner then decides, haha, let's shove a big picture of bees at Marco because Marco is scared of them. He refers to them as flying death monkeys. Okay, sorry, I do want to just go back real quick because I was rereading the transcripts of the episode and Spinner is at least learning, like, okay, a, um, he says, Dude, it's not great night public speaking. Just go up to him and say, dude, I like you. You like me. Let's hook up. Okay. Maybe not those exact words, but just go. <laughs> I was like, okay, he's learning. He is. Like, he is. Like, don't just go and be like, hey, I want to do this thing. <laughs> I expect that from season one, Spin. What's the thing? It's like, I think that it makes sense that Marco is talking to Spinner because Spinner ultimately is the person who has, like, the longest relationship among any of his guy friends. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, like, Probably. he's been with Paige for a pretty, like, you know, the whole school year, a little bit before the school year. Why does Paige put up with him? We've they, asked that question a lot. Well, they work pretty well together. They to do. To be quite honest, they do. They do. Like, she... She... <laughs> Spinner is, is, is someone that Paige can put in his... Pl- Put in his place. Yeah, and he adores her. Yes, and he adores her. Yeah, and like she, she's all about that, obviously. So I mean, she deserves it. She does. I agree. So I I think they work pretty okay together. Yeah. So I do kind of get why Marco is kind of gravitating towards Spinner as a guide for this because who is he going to talk to? Jimmy's only just started dating Hazel, so probably not the best choice. Also, I feel like sometimes with this type of stuff, you don't want to talk to the person you're closest to. Like, you want to talk to somebody who's a little more on the outside? Um, Craig is a mess. So fuck that. Um, Slightly Spinner. <laughs> oh, my God. Craig, Craig's advice would be like, okay, see if you can date both Tom and Dylan. Craig, why do I... Craig. What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> no, to be more specific, it would be, okay, first you got to go date... you got to get interested in Tom to make... To make Dylan jealous, jealous yeah. And then, yeah, and then you and then you start dating Dylan, and then I guess you have to break things off with Tom. But like, you know, why bother? Because <laughs> then you can get then, then you know you can get laid twice. And Marco's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> then you just hug Tom in front of Dylan and just say, "I love you." Yeah, but like, look at Dylan <laughs> as you say, "I love you." Already to do Tom. that. No, uh, Craig no, did. Craig, Craig. Did. We're we're riffing on Craig. Yeah, yeah but Spitter like shunned Tom. By being okay, like, okay. oh yes, 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 yes true. That, that is also true. Um, anyway, oh, so <laughs> let's keep going. Um, Spinner is like, hey, you want to know another bug that needs to be smacked? Tom, fuck him. <laughs> and Marco is just like in the hole. He's like he. It's very interesting because he pits himself as like you know just like 
unable to have a shot, and the reason why is that he specifically says he's too young, which I do like that he acknowledges the age gap. Because Marco's a sophomore, Dylan, we're assuming, is a senior. It's, you know, it's it's that fuzzy line. Yeah. It's... That makes me uncomfortable a little bit. It's... It's hard to kind of... I feel like there's not really a hard and fast rule at that point. It's more about maturity. Maturity levels. It's not yeah. really about... I hate being like, it's not about age, because I feel like that's like a really dicey thing to say, but... When you start getting into that sophomore, junior, senior range, mm-hmm. I've seen great relationships, and I've seen horrible relationships with that age gap. Mm. He's not a freshman. I will yeah. say that. If he was a freshman, no, big ol' yikes. But sophomore, there's a little more maturity, a little more knowing who you are <coughs> and knowing your kind of place in the high school dynamic that it can work. But he still says, like, you know, I'm too young. He also points out that he doesn't know shit about sports. And he also refers to himself as too girly, which no, I find it interesting, though, because, like, we've spent, as long as Marco has been on the show, people uh-huh. have made comments about his femininity in different capacities. They've mm-hmm. said that he's, like, you know, really girly, or that he cares about people is a really girly trait, and it's interesting. Caring about your friends is a gay trait. <laughs> right? <laughs> Ooh, a I, retro line. I, I learned that on this uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? Like friends, that's a gay trait. It's like my favorite Quinn line ever. Um, but we we've seen Marco get pointed out for his sensitivity and get shunned to a certain extent for it, for his femininity, for his sensitivity, for for that type of aspect of himself. So it's interesting to kind of see him flip it on himself and see it internalized in himself to kind of say like, you know, why would Dylan want anything to do with me? Like I am basically a fucking, like, you know, I'm, I'm too feminine. I mean, he's internalized a lot of the shit that people have said to him. Exactly. Equated being feminine to being unlovable. Exactly. And it's, it's a very... Well, he also sees Dylan as this big old jock guy. Yeah, he's a hunk. Who's who's into sports and, and, and Dylan clearly has no No clue what he's doing in that department. The one time he tried to wear a Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh my god! He's, he's, he's insecure about not being a sports person. I exactly. think that's really yeah. I think that's the, it is the big thing. Because especially because it's like, in many ways, Dylan, Dylan's kind of corny and kind of goofy, but ultimately is very, uh, is very much like trying to read Marco's emotions and trying to look out for him and trying to like have that sensitivity as well. Like, so it's, it's a lot of, he's in the hole. Marco is in the fucking hole. <laughs> and that's how it is sometimes. Um, and Spinner is just like, well, then you gotta fight dirty. <laughs> and, and Marco's just like, no, like, Dylan's moved on, I need to move on too. Which leads to the hallway. Uh, Spinner approaches Dylan. Oh, they, Christ. They have this weird <laughs> handshake. <laughs> um, and then he's like, oh, by the way, Tom has skeinies. I fucking saw it in the locker room. I just... Which is he's, gross. He's... He's even... not the brightest kid, nor the most tactful. No. Nor the kindest. <laughs> no. And, and... <laughs> the most are accepting. We, are we getting to a compliment at some point, or just... No, or... we're not. Okay. <laughs> no, and then, like, Tom... He's earnest. Yeah, he's earnest. Okay. That's, that's a word for him. And then... <laughs> the importance of being earnest. And then fucking, like, Tom walks by, so Spitter hugs Dylan... 
And Taylor's response is, what is this? Hug a homo day? Which is great. I love I really like that there's this um edge to Dylan, because we've seen this, like he went toe-to-toe with Jay literally like in one of his first episodes ever. In Jay's first episode ever. Um, and it, it's really interesting because I think it, it's cool because I feel like Dylan really embodies kind of how little you give a shit once you're out. And how it's like, you're like, fuck this, fuck all y'all, like, I don't give a shit. And, like, it's it's interesting seeing how, like, unafraid he is to say things like that. And it's very, I don't know, it's a very nice contrast to have. When you have Marco, who is so early in his journey of coming out. Mm. And you have Dylan, who's just fucking zoomed out of that closet. God knows how long ago. Well, sometimes Spinner just needs to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom is not happy to see this sight. Dylan shoves Spinner off and is like, what? And Spinner's just like, oh, you like Marco, so like you should ask him out. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and Dylan doesn't disagree with this assessment. Um, but kind of, like, pulls Spinner aside and is like, look, like, I don't, you know, I'm worried that Marco is not ready. Which is a very fair thing to have and a responsible thing to think. Yeah, I think it's, it's very clear that Dylan sees himself in Marco. Like, rewind however many years, two two years or so, when he was going through his coming out um, process. He sees that and he, he, he wants to keep him safe. That's yeah. really what this is. He's he. He acknowledges that he's younger than him. He acknowledges that he's may, might not be ready, and he worries that it'll be a bad experience for him. He's very protective. Yes, yeah. you know, it's very responsible. It is. He's he's Spinner's like I don't get it, and he also and Dylan also reiterates like, look, he had like a bad first date, and <laughs> he does not want Marco to have a bad first date. Um, and it's interesting because I think that while we could make this into like an age conversation. <laughs> I think it also just kind of generally speaks to, like, in LGBTQ communities, how regardless of your age, like, I feel like there is this kind of responsibility that people more out or more transitioned, et cetera, et cetera, feel toward folks that are a little earlier in their identity and a little Mm -hmm. earlier on their journey. Like, you feel very protective of that crew, kind of regardless of their age. It's like, you meet somebody who's, like, you know, older than you, and yet they're still figuring shit out, and you're like, I must protect you. Please, come to me. Um, and it's nice seeing that kind of aspect of the community playing out within how Dylan is trying to approach the situation. Um, shocking, honestly. Um, but Spinner is just like, I don't fucking get it. (laughs) And Dylan's like, what do you know about being gay? I love that he told him off. Yeah. And... Spinner's like, well, I don't know. Like, you know, it's just that, like, Marco likes you. So, do something about it. <laughs> Bye. Marco likes you? You like Marco? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, he fails to understand kind of the communal nuance that Dylan is trying to approach this with. This is not one plus one. No. No, this is not. Um, so, we go to the hallway. Marco's walking through, and he's just kind of staring at all the straight couples making out. There's, like, three <laughs> couples making out. It's like, the 40 straight montage. <laughs> yeah. This is like, ugh, ugh, ugh. It's like a house of horrors. Um, and Dylan approaches him at his locker. Um, and Dylan, oh, he's so fucking smooth. He's just like, oh, yeah, I like somebody. And 
Mark was like, well, you know, um, he just kind of like, he just kind of defaults to like, well, it wouldn't be me. I'm too short. I'm too young. I'm too girly. Um, Dylan's like, hey, like, you're being too hard on yourself. <laughs> and Marcus is like, are you missing with me? And Dylan goes, guilty as charged. And Marcus is like, you're such a jerk. And then he winks. Oh, it's so oh. cute. Oh my god! It's really cute. Dylan's just like so goofy during this, <laughs> and it's really cute. Like, there's this like energy about the whole exchange that is incredibly sweet, and like you can feel Marco's anxiety. It plays out very, very well. And Dylan is trying to be kind of suave, but also he's like can't maintain it. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of goes into goofball mode. I want to make it clear that like. Is it Dylan? Dylan was. Oh, thank you. <laughs> really, to make it clear. <laughs> it was, my phone was like going to sleep mode. This, you knew this was coming. I know. I know. Is that, it? Is that your phone die and it does that? No, we're up here, Horn. Some okay. good stuff happens on the show. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, Frank saves it for this. No, I just want to make it clear. Like Dylan. Um, was is you know has shown his concern about you know he's he's older he's he's in a different kind of different place than Marco, mm -hmm. um, I, but it's very clear from watching him interact with Marco this is not he's not taking advantage of the situation yeah he's not just because he knows Marco's into him it's not that's not his reason for pursuing this yeah it's it's generally he 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 likes Marco Marco he likes he's he's his cute his fumble he how he fumbles Aww. through things he's into him. And and it comes off in these interactions, so that's good. Um, yeah, because Mark is like, "You're a jerk," and Dylan's like, "Hey, I haven't even asked you out yet." Yeah, it's so <laughs> cute. And Dylan's like, "So about oh, that so zombie cute. movie?" Marco says yes, and Marco goes, "So is it, it's a date?" And Dylan goes, "You bet!" and winks. <laughs> it's so cute. Hell yeah, baby. It's Oh, you tried, Frank. It's so good. <laughs> it's okay because this was so cute. Um, so then we go to Spinner's house. This is like the I first know. fucking time we've been in Spinner's house. <laughs> and Kendra's back. Yeah, Kendra's there for a hot second. Um and she's and, like, I'm done with one of my eight sports for the moment. What's going on? <laughs> um so I, could, I could watch anime or I could watch this. Watch watch my brother's friend um have a crisis. Have a crisis over what he's gonna wear to his date. Hell yeah. Anime can wait. Okay, I have to say that some of those options were really not as bad as Spinner said they were. Really? The they were. Well, okay, the cowboy let's, one? Let's, let's fully unpack this. To go so, watch a movie? So, hang on. It hang was on. a good style. Y'all. Sorry. I do not think any of those siblings, options were good. Siblings. <laughs> so, Spinner's mom calls and says, like, hey, Spinner, you got a visitor. And in rushes Marco with a whole bunch of bags and outfits, and he refers to it as a fashion crisis. And his <laughs> options are as follows. Sporty, cowboy, vintage, clubby. And Marco's reasoning behind having Spinner look at these things is because Spinner's taste is closer to Dylan's. And Spinner just kind of mutters about how it's straight eye for the gay guy. <laughs> Which is a good line. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, and Spinner kind of looks at each thing and starts tossing the clothes based on his readings of them, and Marco gets so mad. Um, so, let's see. The clubby outfit, it's like this like kind of like slinky-looking silver top. 
Yeah, that wasn't long good. Sleeved. It it's, was not good. No, that was no, bad. no. That was oh, it was bad. real bad. That's a shirt I wanted back then. So yeah. like, let's let's put that that's, in the pile. That's a that's a material that you only wear in like a cocktail dress. Yeah, I, not I, even. Well, if it's like a like a if you got it at Hot Topic. Yes. Okay, but to be honest, I have it. I have that dress. Yeah, that's true. You do. And yeah. It's not a good fabric. <laughs> No, it's not, but like it was it was five dollars on the sale and Was it at Hot Topic? No, it was actually um American Apparel. Wow, really? That yeah. was a silver lame. That's not a lame, I don't think that that was. That thing looked un like that didn't it look looked, it looked like, you know, in the winter when things stick to you and because there's too much static, it looked like that. Yeah, it, really? it, it yeah. that wasn't I don't think that, that was lame. That looked like it would be a nightmare <clears throat> on your skin. Anyway, so that outfit sucked. Um the vintage one Okay, it looks like what a vampire would wear. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's got the drawstring v-neck closure, um, the kind of long sleeve, poofy, airy. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a... This is not this is, this, is a, this is a hot date in a totally different direction. It was referred to as an Oliver Twist look. I, I, yeah. I actually thought Spinner was really funny here. Because, like, this whole Oliver Twist thing with an ass... Uh, Please, sir, don't wear this. You'll look like an idiot. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> when um when my grandfather passed away, uh my mom brought us over there to go through his closet to see if like we wanted anything and for some reason he had a bunch of these shirts. Like, oh my god. A bunch of these like Albert Twist and like big poofy pirate shirts. We could not figure out because we why? never saw him wearing them. I was oh. like, why did he buy these? He just hoard a bunch and we're like, someday I'm going to wear these. Someday I'm going to we wear these. We have no clue. That's hilarious. Um, he spent most of his money giving to anybody who <laughs> sent a picture of a sad dog to him. Oh. <laughs> um, the next look is the cowboy look, which I liked. Yeah. It is pretty over the top, though. There's fringe and shit with it. it it's good fringe. It's a very specific look. It's a very specific look that you don't wear to the movies. You know what it is? It would work like ironically now like if marco was like an ironic kind of gay boy i really don't think it would work hardly at all um well you're (laughs) my opinion you're a hater um and then finally spinner picks kind of the sporty look and says that you know it's it's the best choice um and marco thanks him and spinner's like don't get mushy and then he's like, you look like David Beckham. But in yeah. reality, who wants to fucking look like David Beckham? Uh, a straight boy's take on what men looking good is. I don't know, that makes sense to me. That's what a straight boy would say is an attractive man. That's just wrong. I mean, I think a lot of girls at the time, teenage girls, were into him. Yeah, I feel like Beckham was big back Because, yeah. like, there was, like, Bend It Like Beckham and okay. things like that. Like, he was known back then. That's true, but you clearly could just have Kira Knightley in Bend It Like Beckham <clears throat> and it would be infinitely better than actually seeing David Beckham. I mean, yes, but is Spinner going to say that? That's true, you're right. <laughs> you have to remember, who who is the source of this? Um... So Dylan approaches Spinner's house, he knocks on the door, Spinner opens it, um, and Marco comes out, and why is my son wearing a fedora? I know, the hat! I looked at it and went, I would have done the same thing, I get it, but it was still painful to look at. Um, Dylan does not like it. <laughs> I don't know why he couldn't just be, Marco like, goes, fun about Marco it. Marco tells Dylan that he looks nice, and Dylan goes, uh... 
Yeah. Can we, talk, can we talk about Dylan dressed like a 40-year-old? Yeah. Wearing like a like a like a brown leather jacket and like a fucking like muted colored sweater and shit. Like to go with his fancy convertible. Yeah, roll yeah. up in his convertible. Like, like who is this man? Fuck, dude. He looked like he legitimately looked like he was 40 years old. I, I like how, you know, Dylan's riding around in convertible. Um Paige still has that busted ass man. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, because Dylan probably has hockey money, because he's a male athlete, so he probably hockey has money? money. He's in a, he's in a junior hockey league. But you have to pay money. Like I think this is like a you get paid league. Ooh, really? That's a thing. You have to be really good. I think you're good. making that up. No, I, he's like I don't know what the league is exactly, but like he plays <laughs> like fairly. He like gives them tickets and shit, and he like is. Doing his game in like yeah, you had Toronto tickets, proper. No, you yeah, tickets, like so it was just dragged along. I think we're supposed to read that he's like a pretty big deal for his age. Hmm. But um, anyway, um, yeah, I was thinking about that because he he must be like just that good yeah. because him being out in a male dominated sport. sport is real freaking hard. Yeah. yeah. And so many people can't can't hack it. Well, there's no NHL players who are out. Yeah, not at that all. Out. Like I don't think past <clears throat> or present there are any NHL players who are out right now. Not that I'm aware. At least that was the stat that I had read like at like, you know, pretty recently. Like it's not like some sports where like there's a couple people who have came out who came out like way after. There is nobody in the NHL. I don't know what the situation is in other hockey leagues but i'm going to assume it's not there's a great. lot of uh queer women hockey players but that's kind of ex- to be expected i'm talking yeah i mean in male sports yeah. i feel like there aren't mm-hmm. i would not be surprised if there's very very few because i feel like yeah yeah for sure like women i feel like women's basketball is like that too True. like there are a lot of like i feel like a lot of like, I don't know, there's, like, a lot of queer women in women's sports. That's, That's not true. that shocking. There are transmasculine athletes and things like that. There's transfeminine athletes. They're all coming from, like, that corner. But, like, when you start talking about, like, the men's sport, it's... Yeah, no, Dylan has to be fucking great to just kind of be like, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, I know that's our ongoing for that. Uh, but, um... Right, so... Marco compliments his outfit, and Dylan tries to say Marco looks nice, but it's very clear that he does not like something about it. And Marco <laughs> keys in on it very quickly that it's the hat, and it is. Cause he takes it off, and it looks much better. He beats himself uh, up over this hat. But the funny thing is, he's like, "Yeah, oh, Spinner, t- Spinner was right. He told me not to wear it, which is hilarious." Yeah, Spinner with his fashion eye. At some point, they cut back to the door. Yeah, it's Spinner's just, like, just like looking out. <laughs> He's got a smirk on his face when he sees when he sees Marco take off the hat. Yeah, and He's he like, just disappears. Called it. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, so like Marco gets like really upset about the hat thing, 
And then once he's somewhat calmed down, he looks at the dashboard and sees a B. And he gets so upset, he, like, jumps out of the car. Like, doesn't even open up the door. Like, leaps out of the car. I'm, I'm convinced it had to be a convertible. <clears throat> the reason why it's a convertible in this scene is for that, for that. reason. So oh, he could j- literally jump out of the car. 100%. <laughs> just for dramatic effect. He, like, leaps out of the car. And um, he's flailing around. And Dylan is laughing at this scene. Um... Because it is pretty hysterical. Marco is it's very... It's really funny. Marco's losing his little noodle. I, I just like the thing Kendra like, is like still kind of looking through the window. Spinner's like, there goes my boy off on his first date. And she's just like, uh, Spinner's like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so he left the... He's flying. He left the nest right into a power line. Yep. Um... <laughs> So we go to the theater slash mall slash liminal space that all dark dates start at in Degrassi. Wait, wait, before you go there. It's yes. Dylan, so Marco is like, he was beating himself up for the hat. He's really trying to look good in front of Dylan. Mm-hmm. And he's very embarrassed and upset that it's not going to his perfect idea of what the date would be like. And then this B incident happens and he's like, well... I'm giving up. There's no point in trying because I just did that, and and there's no way you can take me seriously now. Yep. So it was it was a good like icebreaker, and Dylan just it just makes him think he's even cuter. Which yeah, it's, it's true. true. I it like is. I like the fact that I don't think we've had like one perfect date on Degrassi. No, we have yeah. not. Craig, we had the Manny Vision date. <laughs> yeah, we had that. That was the good as it's gonna get. Yeah. Well, Emma and Sean was no, was like cute, but you but know. bad, painful. Oh, that's right, you were on that yeah. one, <laughs> Kristen. How do you end up on these date episodes? I wish I wasn't. <laughs> Actually, this one was cute. I'm okay yeah. with this one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, it's true. They they don't really like having perfect dates, which honestly would not make for good television anyway. Probably. Um. So we end up at the theater mall liminal space. Um, and Marco is just kind of, like, really distressed about what has happened and is really looking for validation from Dylan. Just being like, I'm so scared of bees, I'm so sorry, blah! And Dylan reveals to try and bond with him that he is terrified of killer whales, which is valid. Absolutely valid. Okay. I've seen, I know about them. They scare me. Yeah. So do dolphins. I'm terrified of dolphins. I'm, like, Tyra Banks level scared of dolphins. Dylan perceived... The malice and <laughs> an ill intent radiating off these killer whales at a very young and an age. aquarium. Like, get and me the fuck out of your child. He he saw it, it open up its mouth, and he correctly perceived that it wanted to eat him. Yes, and so it stuck with him. He's he's terrified of killer whales. Yes, yeah. I don't blame him. That those things those things are probably real angry in a tiny little swimming pool. If it wasn't so awful, I would recommend the movie Orca. Jesus. Have you, has anybody seen that one? I've seen clips of it. Like the, it is a time. The orca basically forces the guy into a one-on-one blood battle by somehow destroying the power to the town. This post-Jaws like movie genre of like, aquatic animals. Um, yeah, no, Dylan's totally right in being scared of these things. Apparently he uh, was so scared he ran out of the aquarium. 
Um, and they laugh about it and kind of, you know, they get that sweet validation from each other, which I don't blame them. It was very cute. Um, so, at the movies, Marco is watching Dylan watch the movie. Um, and Marco tries to reach over and touch Dylan and reach for Dylan's hand, but when Dylan doesn't really react to it, he kind of pulls back. And then Dylan smiles. He says it's okay. He's like, oh, my cute and hesitant new boyfriends. <laughs> the old hands. Look at him, so cute here. It's okay, baby. Hold my hand. The old hands are little, little thumbs are crossed. It's really cute. Yeah. They do the little thing where you, like, rub each other's hands. Yeah, like, it's really cute. It's really adorable. It's really adorable. <laughs> but, like, once again, it's like, there's this, like, delightful aspect of, like, intimacy that yeah. we see in it. It's like... Because I feel like what ends up happening sometimes when you look at a lot of, like, LGBTQ media, when it's... I feel like sometimes the actors are incredibly uncomfortable, so, mm. like, you want to get really psyched, but, like, their body language is so... What's that movie with Katherine Heigl and uh, Alexis Bledel? I don't know. It's like they get married, but they're, like, the two straightest women you've ever the met, fuck? and the chemistry is not there. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, but, like, I feel like that happens sometimes, and it's, like, you just have characters that are very, like, appre- like, the actors just are very apprehensive, they try and kiss, it doesn't really have any chemistry. Yeah. And you're, like, man, like, I'm happy I'm getting gay content, but, but it's like- it's not the content I wanted. It's not good. <laughs> like, in this case, I mean, I know that, um, Marco's actor is gay. I don't know about Dylan's actor. Um. Jen Jenny's Wedding. That's what it is. Yep. <laughs> Would not recommend. Solidly. I've never even heard of it. There's a reason. Is that just, like, that really <clears throat> dark, like, post-Grey's Anatomy, Katherine Heigl era, where she was just kind of, like, struggling? Yeah, I think it is. Like, because that just sounds like one of those movies that... I just don't know, like, both of them are better. Better than that content. They should have just cast other people is really what it is. Yeah, but I think that's what happens with some of these. It's like you have people that just like are are just uncomfortable. And then you're like, you want to be excited because you get some gay content. And then you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is not what I want. Yeah. But um, I know Marker's, Marco's actor is gay. I don't know about Dylan's actor. It doesn't matter, because he does a good job. Yeah, yeah, he does a very good job. job. Yeah, they're both very... It's very endearing. Um, so, yeah, they hold hands, and it's really cute. And um, then we're in the movie theater hall. They're, like, talking about the movie. And as they're talking about the movie, Marco spots his parents, <laughs> who are apparently also seeing the movie. And they scope him out very quickly. And are like, oh, you said you were studying with di with uh, Spinner. What's up with that? Uh, Spinner got sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I bumped into Dylan. I bumped, no, not even Dylan. I bumped into so Paige's brother. brother. <laughs> I, um, texted Donnie Wait. at this, I texted Donnie at this point. Oh my God, nightmare scenario. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, of course, because they're Italian, they were like, well, come, come have dinner with us. Let's just go. Well, hang on. Marco's dad also says, oh, you're Dylan. 
Uh, my oh, son, yeah. he he talk about you all the time. Oh, and Marco's just like, oh no. Oh no. I don't know how I would feel if I found out my crush has like, been talking to me about, talking about me to their parents. I mean, I'd just like, be like, oh, that's so. Yeah. Oh, oh no. I would be like an eyes emoji. Hope it's all a good thing. Yeah, I know. I would be like a, I would just become the eyes emoji. It would be like Animorphs, but like, I would be the eyes emoji. Anyway... <laughs> Of course, after having met Dylan, uh, Marco's father cannot give up the opportunity to to get to know him better. So he pulls him along, as you say, saying, "You must have come. You must come have dinner with us." And let's talk sports. Yeah, let's talk about hockey. I like hockey. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's why he wants to talk. And Marco's mom just like is following behind with Marco. Like we already ate, yeah. and she's like, "You know how he gets. You can't stop him." <laughs> yeah, like. Once again, it's like, Marco's parents are very stereotypical, but also I know these people. Yeah. Like, it's one of those situations. Um, so they're at a restaurant, which is like a nice sit-down restaurant. Yeah, it is. And, you know, his, uh, Marco's dad's talking about hockey and girls and shit. And, Ma and, of course, Marco's mom is like, oh, you should go out with Gabriella. They have a laugh about how she's, like, it's supposed to be a really kind of gross fat phobic joke because she's apparently 300 pounds and all that bullshit. Not cute one bit, but not surprising with these writers. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the dad tries to suggest that maybe Dylan can go out with her. And Marco says that, oh, Dylan would not be interested. <laughs> Which, I've totally said things like that about my friends without, like, having them be out. I'd be like, oh, they, they would not do that. <laughs> no, no. Um, and then, um, Tom is the waiter, yeah? I don't no, know. I think it's just, just another it's just flamboyant some other guy. gay guy. Oh, my bad. I thought, I'm so sorry. And it's the writers. Okay. Well, the casting. No, it's fine, because, you know, it's... Uh... I I don't know like, what's with me. I didn't read either of Tom or the waiter as gay. Really? Well, oh. Oh. Frank, there's a reason for this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. It's, you know, it's just you, you, you in this room are not, are, are, one of them, one of us is not like the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so here's the, okay, so here's the thing with um, the waiter I just was like, oh, like, was it because he's polite? Is that why the dad thinks he's gay? <laughs> mm. I, I get... No. It's, it's body language. Body language. It's how, how he holds his, his frame, um, specifically. Speech patterns. Okay. I think that wasn't a large part of it, but a little bit. And specifically with, the, with what Marco's father calls out in a very... Classic Italian dad way. It's just... It, it, what was the he, was he saying, calls like, him a fruit and then notes his limp wrists and how can he hold these things when his wrists are so fucking limp? I've heard my father say these exact things and I was just like I want to die. God. My dad likes to talk to people not like this in the restaurants when we're going in them and I'm just like is this just a thing? <laughs> yeah, it it's awful. And then like of course he escalates it and he's like what? Two men, it's disgusting! And Dylan just looks super agitated. Marco's trying to get his dad to stop. Yeah, he, he yells at him to stop. Yeah. yeah. Marco tells his dad to stop a couple times. Yeah. Which sucks. 
It sucks. And and Dylan's kind of <clears throat> response to this, he's like, you know, I got an early morning, like, I gotta go. He doesn't make it completely obvious that it's because of that, but it's still... Yeah. It's not hard to guess. It, yeah. It's pretty obvious, and Mark was <clears throat> obviously very upset about this. And as, you know, Dylan's leaving, and Marco's kind of sitting there very distressed, uh, his parents are kind of fighting about it, kind of being... Which, of course, is, like, also, unfortunately, very real, where the mother is just kind of like, you know, like, do you have to do this? Blah, blah, blah. But not really calling out the father on how shitty he's being, just saying that, like, you know, you gotta just... You gotta fuck up like this all the fucking time, buddy. I think that's really any straight married couple at yeah. that point. Yeah. And it's just, like, this awkward, awful, like, background noise as we look at Marco and how distressed he is. So, date, not so great at the end. Um, <laughs> Do you think Marco's mom knows anything or suspects anything? No idea. I will not tell you either way. Okay. I could have really done with a scene of Dylan and Paige unpacking the date afterwards. Yes. Yes, that would have been Oh my god, so Dylan good. like just like closes the door and Paige is like, so how was it? <laughs> Paige is just like pretending to watch TV. It's like on an infomotion. She's like, what's up? <laughs> Dylan's just like, oh. It's like things went really well. Then they took a sharp downhill. <laughs> She's like, oh no. That would have been good. His parents showed up. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, right. No, that would have been really good. It, I would have liked it, at least. Um, but we go to the dot. We're at the front of it. And Marco is recounting the date and how it was from hell to Spinner. And sees Dylan. So Spinner's like, well, I'm gonna fucking go. And, like, leaves. Um, and Dylan's like, hey, can we talk? And they go through that alleyway, which for once is not a cursed conversation. Um... And Dylan, in response to Marco's dad, was like, says, like, you know, it was stupid and offensive, but we've both heard worse. Which is, like, not really? Wrong. Not wrong, but also, like, really rough to hear. And Because, yeah. like, with Dylan, we see him as such, like, a fully realized state of himself. We don't really know the extent that yeah, he went know. through. Yeah, but clearly he went through. Yeah. Because yeah. we know that he... <laughs> well, let's see, we could probably math this, because... Um... Okay. <clears throat> well, no. Well, Paige mentioned him being gay when she was in eighth like, grade. Very, yeah. So he's been out for at least two years. For at least three years. Well, probably. Yeah. Minimum three years. He came out maybe sophomore year. Well, I, I just meant like they also went to school with Jay. Who yeah. Was yeah. Awful. What? At least two years. Well, no, she's in 10th grade. grade. Okay, whatever. 10th grade is, is two years. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Some amount of years. Well. <clears throat> oh. Anyway. Semantics. But, um, what we're getting at is he's been out and has kind of lived stuff. I mean, he has Jay, but, like, also I'm just saying in general, like, he's probably heard some really fucked up shit, and we know Marco has literally been gay bashed, so we know that the shit's not been, not, not always been great for these two. Um, and Marco was just kind of like, oh. He looks at a big sigh of relief, because he was, he was assuming that after that date, 
Dylan would just not want to talk to him ever again. Yeah, and, and like, Marco also was like, yeah, but you left. And Dylan was like, yeah, I was saving you. It looked like you were about to explode, so I figured I would kind of, like, you know, save you with that. And... The fact that Dylan's <clears throat> willing to stay after this, so, like, is incredible. It shows so much about his character. I feel like any teenage boy staying after seeing something like that is... That's hard, you know what I mean? I think it also depends, because I feel like with high school, when you're dating in high school, I think that a very, a thing that you're most likely going to have to roll with is that it is very possible that you're, that the people in your dating pool that you're into are not going to be out to the yeah. family. So I think that Dylan, at least the way that they're doing this, it comes off to me like Dylan is kind of at that plane where he understands that, and he understands that, like, you know, if he's genuinely into somebody, that is unfortunately going to be a landmine he has to has work to around. So, it's, it's understanding, yes, but I think it's also just kind of, like, the way that it is when you're that age, where yeah. it's just, like, that's just how it has to be sometimes. You want to you wanna get laid? Well, then you're going to have to deal with various levels of coming out. Oof, coming out in high school. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> no. It's a nightmare. i not do it again. Um, anyway, so, you know, Marco is like, oh, like, are you sure? Like, you're good. Um, and, you know, I was afraid that you would never talk to me again. And Dylan's just like, I can't because you're cute. And... And at this point, we... The viewers... We, we can recognize the angles that the cameras are using. Yeah. They're getting a little closer. They're staying closer to each face. other. They're, they're getting the angles are coming up at that little slight upward angle on their faces. And the you know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Marco asked for a second shot and they smooch. <laughs> it's really Hell good. Yeah. And then Dylan asks about his if he's free <clears throat> on Friday night. Star hockey player scores the kids and and we we freeze frame on marco just being all smiles it's so fucking he makes some so like ridiculously cute faces in this episode he is so so smitten and so happy oh he's the cutest little bean he's so cute i'm so proud of myself just fucking finally i know like somebody gets a win who deserves a win it's true it's like I don't know, especially because, like, Marco has had some real rough shit this season. Like, he has dealt with some pretty horrible things. It's nice to see him on the ups. And it's nice to see... I don't know, there's just something about his character that I feel... I'm, I'm still very surprised at how well it holds up. Like, I feel like it's something that's still very enjoyable to view and still worth talking about within the context of LGBTQ rep and young adult media. I mean, I don't really feel like there's been much progress since this. Uh, it's... What have we had in mainstream media that is a teenage gay couple that is love actually Simon. okay? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's something. Yeah. I'm not saying it's perfect, but... It's not perfect. It's still cool that it's out there, though. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is, like, it's hard because I also feel like there's this very unique piece with Marco, which is that I feel like a lot of teen dramas, and and Frank, you can agree or deny with this, because you've obviously consumed a lot more teen media than I have. 
I feel like there's this issue that a lot of teen media runs into where a lot of it is not really done in a way that it's really meant for kids. Like, I feel like Degrassi is done in a way that is very, like, kid accessible. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll talk about sexuality, but it's not gross because the kids, they're kids acting it. So, like, you don't get these really lewd type of sex scenes and shit like that. It's not a CW show. Yeah, it's not, not the CW type stuff. And because of that, you let these kids really be able to kind of, like, well, what do you do if you can't have them fuck? What do you do? You have them explore their feelings. You have them explore their emotions. You have them explore their dynamics with each other. You have them really have plots like this, which really look at, like, the dating process and the attraction aspects and things like that. Everything that I really wanted to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where where I feel like what ends up happening is, in the context of LGBTQ characters in that kind of CW scope, you have writers afraid to write these characters with sexuality. Like Kurt and Blaine. Yeah, exactly. And and you run into that problem where you, you have this fear of showing things too explicit, but also it's such a sexually charged show that I feel like a lot of LGBTQ characters get kind of pushed to the side yeah. and very flat mm-hmm. in the name of, like, the straight couples having sex. And I feel like it's just Degrassi is a very different type of thing, which I also feel like is why a lot of YA media, like, books give you good LGBTQ content. Because yeah. if we're talking books, there are so many good books to read written by LGBTQ authors featuring great characters and great feelings exploration and things like that. But I feel like we're just in this mode of teen media that is, like, so far away from what Degrassi was trying to do that yeah. we're, we're in this CW-esque take on it. The teen media is not for the teens at this point. I mean, I think it's not not in the not in the earnest way that Degrassi is. Yeah, mm. I think that's the thing. I think Degrassi is an earnestness that not a lot of teen media necessarily, at least visual media, has right now. Not to say that it doesn't exist. Not to say that there aren't some good things. I think there's a lot of really good. It's trying books. to cater to a larger audience. Most teen media at this point. Yeah, it doesn't have the legacy that Degrassi has, where Degrassi was doing very well with a huge age range, but that's because, like, you had people watching it that had watched the series in the 80s and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I think Degrassi's, like, it, it let itself, it has the structure to have a character like Marco be explored in such a wonderful way. I don't know if you have any shows that contradict this, though, Frank. Um, uh, trying to remember... Um, I mean, I've, I've heard of shows that have done this, um, One Day at a Time on Netflix. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good That's point. A good point. Yeah. I do love One Day at a Time, and I love how they've approached Sick. that stuff. Um, there's a, there is a character. R.I.P. Yes. Oh. Um, there is a character on Riverdale, um, who is, uh, who's gay, and, like, he does point out, like, this is harder for me because you, like, I don't have that many options. Kevin? Yeah. I feel like they they still do the thing a little bit where he's kind of prudish. Um, maybe what, I just haven't, I've not really watched past the first season, though, so maybe that's why. Well, I mean, there's a whole, in the second season, there's a whole plot line where he goes to this kind of, uh, um, he goes to, like, this but where, like, people hook up, and his father's like, there's a killer out there, you need to stop doing that. Oh. Like, his father... 
Yeah. And finally, he's just like, you know what? I'm on a dating website. I'm just going to try my best. <laughs> like, because his, like, him and his dad actually sit down and have this conversation. And he's just like, his dad's like, look, I don't understand. And, it's just, and Kevin tries to explain, like, I'm really lonely in this town. It's hard. <laughs> and his dad's like, we don't talk about a lot of things. I accept you for your, but I know we don't talk about a lot of things, but maybe we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Strangelove did a that's what I was thinking about. pretty good job, too, but that's a movie, not really a TV show. I did I was, not like that movie. <laughs> I thought you were talking about that when you said Love, Simon. I, I could not finish it. Like, it. I'm sorry. It, it, has, it has its issues. <laughs> I'll, I'll readily admit that. I'm sorry. I could not um, watch it. I'm trying to think of some other ones, because, like... A lot of time, the issue is that like, you know, there's it's still just supporting characters, exactly, but yeah. not like the main, yeah. Um, and and also like, let's be real. A lot of these examples that we're pulling out are predominantly white, like, yeah. yeah, which is also a big issue with LGBTQ rep, where um, a lot of these kind of like these these teen dramas feel that if they are going to talk marginalized people, having a white gay character checks off enough boxes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like they can't process more than one one minority group at a time. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's <clears throat> like I said, like, I, I feel like there are aspects of this that I don't know, just, he, he, Marco's stuff holds up incredibly well, but it does make me sad that we don't have more characters done with such sensitivity and love. Yeah. It's just, like, what I love, what I love about Marco and, in context of Degrassi is, like, this isn't Degrassi, this isn't Marco's only thing. Yeah. Like, he's constantly like, I'm in a band, I'm best friends with, like, the goth girl, like... He's on the prom committee. Yeah, yeah. even in the beginning of the episode, it's it's him being in charge of semi-formal. Like, he... Sorry. It's okay. He, he has interest outside of it. Like, his, his plots, every time he appears, like, he's not only going to be talking about being gay, but yeah. it also still feels like it's a facet of him, right? Like, mm-hmm. how he interacts with people is greatly influenced by his sexuality, his, and his, like, his being not like the other very cishet boys that he, that he's friends with. So it, it finds a balance where you never forget that he's gay, but his plots are not always going to be about coming out, being into dudes, etc., etc. Yeah. It's what I want people to think. I feel like so many people are like, oh, I love this gay character because you didn't have to know. And it's like, no, that's not what that's it means. Like, point. I think this this is what people mean when they want to see a character who is more than just a sexuality label. He is a fully realized creation. It's, yeah. It should be a thing. Like, it's just one thing. Because, like, the last time we really saw Marco being part of an A plot, or was, that, was more, that was more of a B plot, when, when he was... Him and Ellie were trying, him, Ellie, and Sean were trying to figure out the line between friend, boyfriend, and, you know. Yeah. Best friend and shit like that. Exactly. And at no point, like, was Marco's sexuality brought up in that episode. Yeah. It was just Sean just being like, like, I don't hate Marco, but you're my girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I really, I'm very happy with this aspect of the rewatch that I am doing. Yeah. So, Frank, what do you? A plus. 
Wow. <laughs> Kirsten, do you give a rating? Yeah, it's it's stupendous. I loved it. It made my heart whole. Yeah. Oh. It's just like there wasn't anything too super offensive about it. It was just you know it was just heartwarming and wonderful. It's what I wanted in like, you know, an episode about a couple. Yeah. It was really it took the intimacy of being queer and going beginning romantic journeys in a really I don't know. It exploited it in a very open way, which I appreciated. It wasn't manufactured. Exactly. So let's move on to character rankings. Um, I, like, I just want to, like, one of the things I see a lot in the media uh, we consume for Teen Girl Talk is just, like, how dramatic every, like, a lot of moments are for, like, you know... Um, gay couples in, in, you know, these works. And, like, the kiss seemed kind of almost like an afterthought. Mm -hmm, Like, the intimacy that they were, they're forging seemed like, this is the main thing. Yeah. This kiss is just, like, icing on the cake. Like. Well, I feel like. And I just like seeing all the tiny little moments of just like, oh, yeah, no, cool, hold my hand. Yeah. Oh, let's bond over our fears of whales and bees. I like that, too, because I feel like. A lot of teen media puts a lot of emphasis on the kiss. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like in actuality, like, the kiss is not really... If you're talking, like, emotional connection, like, that's what it is. It's, like, the hand-holding. It's the bonding over your fears and things like that. Like, if you Forehead can get a... kisses. What? Forehead kisses. Yeah, like, if you can get a smooch out of it, like, that's, like, cool. Yeah, but, like, you know, not, not everyone guns for the kiss as much as I think teen media wants you to believe. Yeah. So, it's good. Um, do you mind just handing out the quarter real quick? Oh, yeah. So, shall we go on to character rankings? For the third time. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> um, it's okay. I'm just trying to move, move the show. Okay. Um, Dylan, you are on the rise uh, for being an excellent date. Yeah, an excellent yeah. date. Um, and just being super understanding of our sweet, sweet boy, Marco who continues to just hang out amongst the constellations with Paige. Um, uh, JT's on the rise for, honestly, not... um, Being average? Is that really... Well, I mean, like, JT has improved. Okay, maybe I just don't know enough about JT. He's definitely improved. Um... And honestly, this is something we have, like, this is something I just kind of thought of. Like, honestly, I think JT of season one would have liked Manny for a different reason. Yeah. And would have made it been very vocal about, like, why. This JT just seems to generally like Manny. Yeah. Uh, I can kind of, like, I can get behind that. Um... Spinner's on the rise for this complete, like, heel turn. I mean, it's not a total heel turn. Like, he's still saying shit that's not that great. But, like, he tried his damnedest to get this date to happen. And he deserves a little credit for that. So he's gonna... He made it happen. Yeah, Yeah, he did. He did it. Like, what can I say? 
<laughs> it was due to him. Yeah. Well, you just you just see him like peeking out like the windows of his restaurant and he goes, Yes. <laughs> he, he he boxed the fuck out of that other character. What, what's his name again? Tom. 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 He 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 boxed him out. Yeah, just he just did. completely. That that hug move. Oh, it sealed the deal. Yep. <laughs> just yep, totally did. confused the heck out of Tom, and that's all that was needed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree. <laughs> um, Toby for being the exasperated straight man. Eh, bump off a step. Not that much. Um, didn't really do much this episode. <laughs> Um, Jimmy, uh, just kind of saying there, like, you gave JT shit, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, Jay and Sean, like, <laughs> dudes, that commercial premiered Saturday night. If you, t- if you saw that commercial, you were also home watching TV, probably with fewer people around. <laughs> So, who's the real... It, those two reminded me of, like, those dudes who, like, go to conventions to make fun of people at the convention. And it's yeah. like, motherfucker, you're here too! Yeah, like, you, you have a pass around your neck. You paid money to be here. Yeah. Like, who's the bigger fool? The fool the one who follows the fool? Right. Um, uh, does that kind of cover it? Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't many people in this episode, which is good. Yeah. After last episode, seemed to have everybody in it. Right. We had bands. Um, so let's move on to recommendations. Unless, Kirsten, do you have anything about character rankings? No, I think I think Frank covered it all. Good. So we'll move on to character rankings. This is, uh, bleh, recommendations. Fuck. Um, this is where we recommend things that are directly related to the episode or just things that we are in enjoying and i was trying to think like what is something in which a straight guy occupies an lgbtq space and it's not a total nightmare and the only thing i could think of was nick and nora's infinite playlist yeah by david levithan and rachel Cohn. um i really enjoyed this book when i was a kid i haven't revisited it but what i have revisited of david levithan i feel like i enjoy even more as an adult i feel like i appreciate his craft a lot more Rachel Cohn, I haven't revisited much of her work, but I really liked it as a kid. So, um, I think that it's a pretty fun love story type deal, but it also has that little edge to it in which, uh, Nick's in a queer core band, I'm pretty sure. So... Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that kind That's of... That's great. Yep. I didn't know that kind of music existed. Yeah, it does. Um, and... <clears throat> He, he, like, his whole band is gay, except for him. <laughs> except for him. Um, so if you're interested in that piece of, like, being the straight guy surrounded by not straight people, um, and how that kind of influences your relationship with a community and with characters, then I feel like that's a pretty good book to check out. Um, I remember liking the movie Fine when it came out as well, so if you want to watch something that's pretty good, but I do feel like they downplayed some of the LGBTQ stuff in it. Like, that book for being about a straight couple has, is a pretty queer vibe. I mean, it's David Levithan. Like, he he touched it. It's gay now. (laughs) So, I would recommend checking that out, revisiting it if you have read it before. Well, I found a list of, like, some of the best queer core bands. I'm yeah, like, I can't believe you didn't know about queer core. Oh, I just, I, I, like, the funny thing is I've listened to a bunch of these, like, um, The Gossip, La Tigre, The Butchies. Yeah. Um. It's good shit. Gravy Train I've been listening to since I was a junior in high school. 
Because I remember everybody was, like, super scandalized by that one, um, by that one line from, like, a good Charlotte song <laughs> about, like, then you're touching yourself or something, and I was like, guys, Gravy Train's a bit more hardcore than this. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. They were, um, I think they brought Susie on stage at some point. Ooh. Like, because Susie... I went to a fair amount of concerts in high school, so they went to way more concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Anyway. Uh, so I'm going to recommend a another ensemble media, um, which tackles, largely tackles a subject that Degrassi does not tackle, which oh. is racism. <laughs> so it's uh, Dear White People. So there's two seasons out now. Um, it's an ensemble cast. It's, a, it's about a, a college that and it follows the black community at this college and how they deal with different aspects of racism. It's really great. Um, and why I'm recommending it with this, with this episode is because there is a character, Lionel, and it follows him as he explores his, his sexuality. And it's done really well, too. It's really super cute and endearing. It had a lot of, like, similar cute moments, I think, that, that was highlighted in this episode. Yes. I so. think one of his episodes <clears throat> is directed by Barry Jenkins, if I recall. And I love Barry mm. Jenkins, so... Mm. Uh, no, I don't think it was his episode. There is an episode he directs, though, so check it out. The movie was also super good. Yes. Yes, there was a movie, and then followed by two TV series. Well, a TV series ap- adaptation with two seasons out currently. Yeah, I guess I'm going to recommend a webcomic called Mage and the Demon Queen. <laughs> it's really cute. It's really queer. There's a lot of blushing and bad flirting. That's all I have to say about it. It's they'll, really cute. There'll be a link in the description. Um, I, I had a re- recommendation, but then it kind of got lost over the course of this episode. Um, so I'm just gonna re. Uh, I'm gonna re-recommend what I recommended last week. I'm gonna recommend Killing Eve again, because <laughs> in the hour since we recorded the last episode. I still enjoy that show. <laughs> I'm glad nothing's okay, changed. an hour later, I still like it. <laughs> excellent. I also recommend Dahlia. Dahlia is very Dahlia. good. Dahlia is excellent. Um, she like jumped from Gwyn's lap to Frank's lap to my lap and then tried to go on your lap nope. and was rejected. <laughs> yep, she was. And uh, she, she has an attention issue. As in, she will die if she does not receive attention. She's Tinkerbell. Like, like yeah. she is Tinkerbell. If you do not cheer for her and give her lavish attention, she will die. I'm convinced. Anyway, with that said, Kristen, Gwendolyn, you've made it through. Oh, okay. <laughs> if Frank, you've done this four times this episode. We're good. We're good. At we first, got this. At first I just thought you... I'll be my own air horn. At first I thought you were just doing the, like, Final Fantasy VII, like, battle win theme. That would work, too. Um, when a pair of my nerdy friends got married, like, after the... Kiss. Yeah, the uh, organist played that out. That's cute. Oh God, that's, that's very cute. cute. That's very cute. Um, Kristen, Gwyn, are there ways that people can continue the conversation with you? Um, I don't really have any open public 
social media. That is okay. Sorry to be a downer. Cool, <laughs> neither okay. do I. Yeah, right. <laughs> Gwen. I still have a Twitter account that I have indefinitely put on. I don't use it much anymore. But it's there if you want to shoot me a DM. It's there, uh, underscore froppy. Um, and if you want to keep in touch with the podcast, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can send any questions, comments, concerns to ihopepod at gmail.com. Feel free to also send us any askings if you are interested in guesting. So if you're interested in guesting, is a paid thing. Um, we are finishing up season three. We are also looking into season four. So I have my recommendation is check out some of the synopses of these synopses, synopsis, synopsises. Uh, check out what those episodes synopsi. Ew. Check out the synopsi of season four um, and see if there's any episodes that you're interested in appearing in and send us an email. Also, if you want to, we are always looking for audio files or texts describing characters, seasons, episodes, moments, the series itself, and how it influenced you. We will read them or play them on air. Um, there's other ways you can keep in touch with us on social media. You can find, join our Facebook group at I Hope Pod, uh, or at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. Sorry, it's getting late. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter at I Hope Pod. Um, there are other ways that you can support us. You can donate a coffee. We have a link below. Any coffee that we make, any money we make, Jesus fuck, <laughs> we are going to be putting toward compensating our guests or tech upgrades. Also, remember, we still have a review challenge where once we hit 20 reviews and ratings, we are going to go into the Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High archives and give you some extra content as a thank you where we're going to watch some of those episodes and give you our thoughts. Um, if you want to talk to me individually, you can catch me on Twitter at DMIsUnbreakable. Um, I don't have a... I don't have a, a Twitter... Um, but I do have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk. It's with my sister. Um, we review other teen media. Uh, if you're listening to this, we're probably in the middle of May Smooches, where we're just watching uh, teen romant romantic movies like The Midnight Sun, and uh, The Sun is also a star. And you know what? You can't find me on Twitter, but hit me up on Club Penguin as Jake Cool Ice. Um... <laughs> I'm not on Club Penguin. It's not even <laughs> on anymore. <laughs> Y'all. Catch me on Neopets. Is Neopets still a thing? Yes, Neopets is still a thing. Yeah. That one still is. Even though they want you to, like, do Neocash bullshit. Fuck that. Are your pets still starving when you go on? My pets are always starving. starving, and they are named after historical figures on my account. I can't tell if that's worse or better. <laughs> You're starving the historical figures. Make of that what you will. Anyway, with that said, everybody, we hope we can make keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. So until next week, see ya. Later. Bye. Mwah. Together when my boy walks down the street